In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this space and ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us to bind us to our Lord Jesus Christ, that every thought, word, and work of ours may begin with you, and through you be happily completed through Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we're all called to be prepared to receive our Lord when he comes. And and so this is also a time of year when we look at how he came the first time. And so during this hour, I just want to focus on Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, where we find this double annunciation which I always find fascinating, right? Because there's two enunciations in the beginning of Luke's gospel. And, uh, and it starts with the annunciation to Zechariah. And I'm just going to read the narrative. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the priestly division of Abijah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And so, so they're both from the priestly tribe of Israel. Both were righteous in the eyes of God, observing all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. So they all always did the right thing. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Once when he was serving as priest in the divisions, be turned before God, according to the practice of the priestly service, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. Then when the whole assembly of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense offering, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was troubled. By what he saw and fear came upon him, but the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall name him John, and you will have great joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers toward their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to prepare a people fit for the Lord. It all sounds pretty good. Zechariah says to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel says to him in reply, I am Gabriel who stand before God. I was sent to speak to you and to announce to you this good news. But now you will be speechless and unable to talk until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled at the proper time. So again, when I put myself in this place, I have great hope because even like, like I always, you know, lots of times we think when we're kids, especially like if an angel came and just spoke to me, I would know exactly what to do. (laughs) And Zechariah has this experience. The angel of the Lord comes to him and gives him this amazing news. And it's all really good news. And it all sounds really amazing. And he's just like, how can that happen? 
And there's this kind of disbelief that enters in. And it's a kind of disbelief that we can all struggle with. You know, one of the other obstacles in our spiritual lives can be the yeah, but obstacle. Anybody ever have the yeah, but obstacle? You know what the yeah, but is? It's like, it's like when you come to Mass on Sunday and the priest is like, Jesus loves you so much and he wants to do amazing things in your life. You're like, yeah, but I still got to live my life, Father. Yeah, but I still have to change diapers. Yeah, but. And, and, and we can kind of like have this response to good news with yeah, but. which perhaps is there to protect ourselves from disappointment if it doesn't actually come around. And it becomes this obstacle, and that's exactly kind of where Zechariah is. Yeah, but my wife is like 70. How can that happen? And then there's the second annunciation. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, the same angel, was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary says to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. And Mary said, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And so what strikes me about these two enunciations is Mary and Zechariah almost say the same words. Zechariah says, how is this possible? We're old people. And Mary says, how can this be? Because I've not had relations with a man. And so sometimes we can say the same words with a different heart. And Mary's how can this be is an expression of wonder. It's an expression of wonder. It's, it's, it's not an expression of doubt. It's an expression of wonder. And it's, it's an expression of belief that there is something good here, that there is a light that shines in the darkness. that it's possible to encounter our Lord in the midst of all the craziness. And 
And that's how our Lord enters into the world for the first time is through Mary's faith and through her openness. And, and we're getting ready to celebrate, you know, the feast day that allows us all to say, yeah, but Father. <laughs> right? Because we're going to celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And oftentimes in my own life, when people would say, like, you have to have faith like Mary had faith. I'm like, yeah, but she was conceived without sin. And I'm not conceived without sin. But there's still a roadmap in her life to follow. There's still a roadmap in her life to follow. And, and she gives us this roadmap precisely when she goes to meet Elizabeth. Which happens next. During those days, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant in her womb leapt for joy. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And that's my favorite line in my own Marian devotion. Like, Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Especially because it comes from Elizabeth. And this is one of those things I reflect on often, that Elizabeth is now living with Zechariah, who can't talk. And every day she's reminded of Zechariah's lack of faith. Like every single day she's reminded of Zechariah's doubt. And if I place myself in that place in my own meditation, you know, Elizabeth's like getting ready to make breakfast and she's like, Zechariah, what do you want for breakfast? And then he's telling, he can't talk. And she thinks, why couldn't you have listened to that? Why couldn't you have believed the angel? Right? And there's a, like this constant reminder of that. And, uh, and so when she says to Mary, blessed are you who believed, it comes from that place where I realized I didn't believe or I realized somebody, that my husband didn't believe. And there can almost be a greater appreciation coming from Elizabeth because she's seen the consequences of disbelief. And, and she was wrong. Our Lord proved her wrong. And our Lord proved Zechariah wrong. And he did show up. Our Lord didn't say, like, you don't believe me? Tough luck, no John the Baptist. He still does what he wants to do, even when Zechariah is not open to it. It just involves a little more, more pain. And we can find ourselves in either of those positions. You know, there are days when, when maybe we do really surrender well to our Lord and, and what he wants to do in our life. And, and there might be days when, when we start to doubt that that's really possible. You know, that, that God really has a plan. 
And we have to remember the words of the prophets who, who continually say, like, my ways are not your ways. And I will deliver you. I will deliver you. And so the path of conversion is sort of moving from that disposition of Zechariah to the disposition that Mary has. And she gives us that roadmap when she responds back to Elizabeth. And she says these words which give an explanation for her faith, or they give an explanation for how she was able to believe saying, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. The The mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart, He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he's filled with good things, and the rich he's sent away empty. He has helped Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And she recalls these things that God has done for her, but not just for her, the things that God has done for the entire people of Israel. Mary knows that she is the daughter of Zion. She knows that that everything that the Lord has done for the people of Israel, he did for her. And so when he filled the hungry with good things as they were wandering in the desert and they had no food and he sent them manna, he did those things for Mary. When he cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, when, when Saul was replaced as the king of Israel by David, the lowliest of his brothers, the Lord did that for Mary. when he showed the might with his arm and dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. As the Red Sea came crashing down upon the Egyptians, he also did that for Mary. And knowing everything that the Lord has done to demonstrate his his faithfulness, she's able to say, let it be done to me according to your word. And so that is the pathway for all of us. The pathway for all of us is to remember what our Lord has done for us. And our Lord did all of those things for us too. Jesus came into the world as man for our salvation right now. And he gave his life on the cross for us so that we could live right now. So that we would have a place right now. And if all that is true, then he is trustworthy and we don't need to say, yeah, but anymore. And another meditation that we can do is just, is just to look at all the ways that our Lord has personally entered into our life and into our hearts. 
when was the last time you like thanked God for the fact that your parents had you baptized? Or that somebody else invited you to be baptized? Or to thank God for the person who invited you back to Mass again? Or to thank God for that one confession that you made and the priest said just the right thing? Or to thank God that you, he gave you a kind of persevering heart to stay faithful in the midst of triumphs of trial. I need to thank God for giving me kind of a stubborn heart that says, like, I know this has to be true. (laughs) Like, there must be a way to live. There must be a way to desire to live. And those are all things that we can thank him for because they're ways that he has reached out to us. They're ways that he has shown up in our life and they're ways that he's inviting us to welcome him. Because that's how he came into the world the first time. He came into the world by that surrender of heart from Mary. And he comes into our own lives in the same way. Mary doesn't sort of have all those obstacles because she was conceived without sin. Zechariah had some of those obstacles. But our Lord continued to be faithful and our Lord continued to show him. And there's this sort of amazing thing that that Elizabeth's pregnancy became a sign of confirmation for Mary. Became a sign of confirmation for her. The angel says, like, your cousin Elizabeth has conceived in her old age. So don't worry. Our Lord's going to take care of you. Even though what Elizabeth and Zechariah did was not perfect. It still became a sign. That inspired and confirmed Mary's faith. It confirmed her faith. And one of those last, uh, last kind of thought about that first, con- that first coming of our Lord is that the angels continue to announce even after our Lord is born. And when they, when they go and they greet like the shepherds, they say, you have found favor with God. You're... You have found favor with him. Our Lord favors you. And that is another truth that we all have to sort of come to in our own hearts is that our Lord has favored us. 
even just right here, right now, in this concrete reality that our Lord is here, present on the altar, in his own vulnerability, so that we can look upon him, he's favored us with his presence. And that alone can bring about great gratitude. And so I'll just invite you to to just reflect on how how our Lord has shown up in your own life. And if you like to journal, you might write your own version of the Magnificat. And just recount in gratitude all of the ways in which our Lord has manifested his love for you. And we pray that he will bolster our confidence that he'll continue to do the same today and every day of our lives.